Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. I enjoyed so much our last series that we did, the seven end time events. It's always difficult for me to transition into another series after completing one. I was so immersed in that uh, seven or eight week series. But this one has really gotten my attention and my enthusiasm because of just the, the thought of the power of thanks. The power of thanks. For the next several, uh, several weeks throughout November, we're going to be looking at the, the fact that there is power in thanks. Our key verse for, for the day, did Pastor uh, Joe do the verse with you? He did? Uh, rejoice always, pray continually, and then our focus is going to be on give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Oftentimes we wonder what is God's will for us. Well, wherever you're at and whatever you're facing and whatever stage of life or moment in life, here's God's will for you. Rejoice always. Keep praying. We know it as pray without ceasing. Keep praying and give thanks in all circumstances. You are always in God's will when you do those three things. And of course, as we approach Thanksgiving, we're going to focus on verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, one uh, 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 biblical dictionary defines Thanksgiving as this, the act of offering thanks or being thankful to God, often connected with his provision that he provides for our needs, his deliverance, that he delivers us from our difficulties, and I want to add to that, and keeps us from things that we don't even know about yet. Do you know when you get to heaven, you're going to look back and you're going to say, God, thank you for delivering me from this, but we're also going to know the things that didn't happen to us because God protected us. We give thanks to him, and we give thanks for just who God is. Not all that he does, but just who God is. Now, this Thanksgiving in Scripture, I particularly like this phrase. You would have think I had written this. Thanksgiving in Scripture is often associated with meals. Well, glory to God. I give thanks for food all of the time. By faith, I'm thanking God right now for what I'm going to eat after church today. By faith. That's Thanksgiving. Glory, glory to God. It's, now watch the phrasing in this here because this is important for you to catch. That we give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. Let me just throw out a simple analogy here. If I fell and broke my leg, I don't get up and say, oh God, thank you uh, that I broke my leg. But what I do in that circumstance is say, God, I thank you that it wasn't worse. I thank you that there are doctors. I thank you that you're with me. It's in all of the circumstances, not for all of the circumstances, because bad things happen to God's people. And it's a little, I mean, I'd just be, be blunt. It's crazy to say, oh, God, thank you so much for, you know, uh, brokenness and thank you so much, or uh, this being broken or thank you for. No, we thank God in the middle of these circumstances. We find areas within our circumstances that we can give God thanks for. Now, Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. Paul knew what he was talking about. 
as I began to look even more into his life and what he experienced, it, it makes this statement even more important to give thanks in all circumstances. So we ask, what were some of the circumstances that Paul had been through in his life as an apostle? Now watch Paul's life. He grew up probably in a good family, probably in a wealthy family. He reached the pinnacle of success in his life that he became a Pharisee. And his life was probably pretty good until Jesus. Isn't that interesting? That his circumstances, when he came to know Jesus and served Jesus, his circumstances got worse. But he wouldn't trade it for anything. And that's something. Only God could do that. Because look what happened to Paul because he was a servant of Christ, because he was a missionary, because he preached the word of God. He tells us in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three. He says this, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Wow. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. That's 39. I'm like a math major here. Math major. But 39 is significant because they believe the 40th lash would kill someone. So not, he didn't receive these lashes once. He received them five times. Why? Because he was a minister of the gospel. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I don't think you'd want to hang out with this guy, right? I spent the night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in dangers from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I've labored and toil and have gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and, and naked. And besides everything else, I face the daily pressures of my concern for all of the churches. Jumping down to verse 31, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever. When Paul says to give thanks in all circumstances, he's saying, even if you've been through what I've been through, which I don't think any of us have, Paul learned to give thanks in all circumstances circumstances. And I'll show you in just a minute how he was able to do that and how you will be able to do that in your life. How many of you have heard of Corey Ten Boom? Okay. Okay. Most of you. She was a Dutch Christian who helped Jews to hide during the Nazi regime. She was arrested because of this and uh, her and her sister Betsy were placed in a concentration camp. And Corey documented this in her book, The Hiding Place, which they also made a, a movie out of. In it, she recounts the story when they were taken to the concentration camp. And again, watch this, through no fault of her own, only helping the helpless. That was the only reason she was put in a concentration camp. She and Betsy were complaining because of the environment and the circumstances when they realized that morning they had just read 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Since they were re reminded to give thanks in all situations, 
they began to verbally list what they were thankful for. And one of the things that Betsy shared that she was thankful for was fleas. F-L-E-A-S, fleas. Who does this? Even her sister, Corey, laughed it off and couldn't believe that her sister would say that she was thankful for fleas. As it was documented in her book, these fleas were, were literally everywhere, even in their stinky straw beds. It's not too long later when both Betsy and Corey realized that the reason they had so much freedom in their living quarters so they could read the Bible, they could pray, they could tell other people about the Lord was because of the fleas, because no guard wanted to go into where they were staying. And so God, even through that, had his hand on their lives that in their circumstances, which is the worst maybe humanly possible, they were able to give thanks in all circumstances, even for fleas, even for fleas. So the question then becomes for us, how do we give thanks in all circumstances? How do we go through what we're going through and yet still be thankful and still give thanks? Or how do we, uh, whatever we have gone through, and still give God thanks. Now, none of what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes is denial. None of it is, is uh, uh, this is not really happening. No, you're recognizing the reality of your circumstance, as terrible it is, as it is, and you're still giving thanks. All right, so I want to take you to Paul again, because Paul's life is such a perfect example of this. And then at the end, I'll give you the ultimate example of all of this. And Paul, in Acts chapter 16, he and Silas were doing the work of the Lord. They encountered a demon-possessed girl, and they cast the demon out of her in the name of Jesus. And you would think that would be good news, but it wasn't good news for those that owned this girl and made money from this girl. And so they had Paul and Silas arrested. They raised a stir. So in Acts 16, let me read this again to you. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully, and when he had received these orders, he put them into the inner cell and fastened their feet with stalks so that they couldn't move around. No one was there to take care of their wounds. They had just been stripped and beaten with rods by a violent crowd. They were left there pretty much to what? To die. To die. And I'm thinking, and you, most of you know this story, they might have thought they were going to die. But I think they said, if we're going to die, we're going to go out praising. We're going to go out giving thanks to God, that we could give our lives for Jesus as Jesus gave his life for us. So about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. It was a miracle. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. They stayed in prison. 
The jailer called for the lights. He rushed in and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and he asked them this, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and immediately he and the household, his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. And the jailer told Paul, the magistrates, the leaders have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave, go in peace. Thanksgiving was so much a part of who they were. Praying singing was so much a part of who they were that even in the worst of circumstances, that's what came out of them. And I always have to look at my own life as I'm preparing these sermons and I fall so short in this. See, it's easy for us to look at the circumstances and complain about them. Unfortunately, that is what seems to come natural to us. Throughout this month, I want to work on together, all of us included, turning that complaining around and instead finding areas where we can be thankful. So what comes out of our mouth is from our heart, which is thanksgiving to God. So how do we do that? First, find God in all your circumstances. Find God in all your circumstances. Sorry. Find God in all your circumstances. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. Jesus in his first sermon preached it this way. He said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see, see? They shall see God. They shall see God in all different circumstances. Find God in your circumstances. Hold on to the promises of God. And this is a big one. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. But what? I'm in, I'm in prison. I've been flogged for something that was supposed to help other people. God will never leave you. Look for God. Find God. It doesn't mean that God is lost. It doesn't mean that he's, he's not there. It means in your own attitude, in your own mind, and in your own heart, find God in the middle of whatever you're facing. Find God in the middle of all you're going through because he has promised to never leave you and never forsaken you. He's never forgotten you, never forgotten you. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but uh, when my parents did get two cars, the joke was always we only had one car and it left for church at nine and we had to be in because there was no, no other train coming. You know. Then my parents got two cars and... Uh, because my dad would have to be there early, my mom would drive, and they left one of my brothers at church because dad thought mom had and mom thought and, and left, left him there. Have you ever left your children in, in church? I mean unintentionally, not intentionally. I know some of you, I have to make sure that the kids you came in with, you go home with, all right? 
I've had to chase Vi down the road several times. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, have you left your kids unintentionally at church? And how did that happen? Same thing. Some, thought dad had them, thought mom had them, boom, they were left behind. You left what? Oh, that's even worse, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's something, the grace of God. Uh, if your child's ever been lost, is there anything more panic-inducing than that? Or if you've ever been lost, isn't it frightening? Let me tell you the good news. God never loses track of you. There's not a moment that God will turn his back on you because he turned his back on Jesus so that we'll never face that. So no matter what you're going through in your circumstances, God is there with you. He knows what's going on in your life. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't lost you, nor will he ever. He is there with you. When you're going through these difficult times, find God in your circumstances. Even if, when it feels like there's no one there, it feels like you're lost, that God's forgotten you. He hasn't. He's there with you. Turn your attention toward him. And one of the ways that we do it is we can pray, we can praise, we can sing. In one of my Twitter feeds that I follow, uh, the the man shared this old hymn that I hadn't heard in so long, uh, but it was so great. And Paul and Silas weren't singing this hymn, obviously, but this would have been a good one to sing in prison. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. How many can say amen to that? He, hello? He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, he multiplies his peace. When we've exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed and the day's only half done, when we reach the end of our resources, our Father's giving has only just begun. Fear not that your need will exceed his provision. Our God yearns his resources to share. Lean hard on the arm everlasting availing. The Father, both thee and thy load will abear. And here's the, the kicker for me. His love has no limits and his grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his riches in Christ Jesus, he giveth and he giveth and he giveth again. Even in prison, even in a prison that we might be in, a prison of doubt, a prison of fear, a, a prison of unforgiveness, a prison of bitterness, a prison of, of bad decisions along the way. God is there with you, and his grace is sufficient. Find God in your circumstances. Number two, find the good in your circumstances. Because God promised that all things for believers love God, or uh, uh, all things work together for the good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And we've said this multiple times. If good hasn't come, it's because God isn't done working yet. 
that even in prison, God worked it for good, for good. They had the opportunity to be a witness, and they did. It flowed from them naturally, even as they were beaten and suffering and in stalks in the inner part of a prison. They worshiped the Lord, and they were a witness. They experienced a supernatural earthquake that set them uh, physically free. They saw that a suicide was stopped, right? The jailer was going to kill himself. They saw the jailer saved and all of his household. Everyone that the jailer was responsible for also got saved. Paul and, Paul and Silas were miraculously released. They received food and provision that they needed to sustain themselves. And through all of that, only God could receive the glory. In your circumstance, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, even looking back, whatever you've been through, God was there and he was working for your good. Stop, uh, simply put. Stop looking for all the things we can complain about and start looking for all of the things we can give thanks for. Amen? Something happens in us when we begin to give thanks more than complain. It's easy for uh, complaining to happen. It's easy for uh, we, we're, we, we get with other people and they're negative by nature and all they can see is the bad. They can look at the most beautiful of painting and only see the flaw. You know, do you know people like that? Don't be like that. Be the person that finds something good in all of it. Find the good in your circumstances. And then finally, find God's glory in your circumstances. They were released and they went in peace. Only God could have done this. And here we are 2,000 years later, still giving God the glory for what God did in Paul and Silas's life. Find God's glory. What is God doing to exalt his name so that others might know of the goodness of God Almighty? What is God doing within your circumstances that he might be lifted up, that he might be glorified, that others would come to know him as a loving heavenly father that sent his only son to die on the cross for their sins? Only God can receive the glory and the honor for bringing us through what he's brought us through. Some of you are here today because only God some of you wouldn't be here today. And, and some of it is death, but some of it is far from God. You had every reason to turn your back on God. You had every reason to blame God, doubt God, whatever else. But something happened in your life and you begin to see not the terrible circumstances of what you went through, but you began to see the goodness of God, the grace of God, the glory of God. And you gave your life to him and here you are today, together with many others, here, cafe, social hall, giving thanks and praise to God. I want to remind you before I get to the end, God is with you. Whatever you're facing and whatever you're going through, God has not forgotten you. He's not forsaken you. He's not lost you. He's with you. Call out to him. Find God. Begin to look around in the middle of your circumstances and, and find the good things that are happening and focus your attention on the good and find where God is giving glory to himself that others might know. 
It seems kind of weird that God wants to receive glory. It seems almost like he's an egomaniac in the sky. But the reason that he wants us to give him glory is so that others will see him for who he is. God would that none should perish. And our very lives of giving thanks in the middle of difficult circumstances can be a witness to those around us. It's a light in the middle of darkness. It's a star that we can see because the sky is so dark. Thanks, the power of thanks and what it does in our own hearts and in our own lives, it transforms us. Lastly, when Paul challenged these Thessalonian believers, I I don't know the Greek word. I just read what I read. I don't read the Greek language, which is the original language. I just read people that know the Greek language and can explain it in a simple way so I can understand it. But the word that Paul uses there is the word we get Eucharist from. And Eucharist is the idea of ultimate thanks in the worst of circumstances. Ultimate thanks in the worst of circumstances. Now, some of our brothers and Christian brothers and sisters in the Lord, when they receive communion, they call it the what? Because it's the ultimate giving of thanks for the worst of circumstances. Who was more unjustly treated than Jesus? Who deserved glory and not pain, but he willingly gave up glory so he can endure the pain? Who didn't deserve to die for sinful people like me? Jesus. Who was treated more unfairly, more unjust? Who was treated worse by his own heavenly father who turned his back on him than Jesus and yet Jesus willingly endured the suffering the shame and the forsakenness of the cross for us If you can't find in your circumstances God yet and you can't find the good and you're not sure you can give him glory in the middle of what you're going through, get to Jesus in a hurry. Get to Jesus and look at his life. Get to him and recognize and realize what he has done for you. And when you truly, when you begin to understand because I don't know for all eternity if we'll completely understand God's grace, but when you begin to understand God's grace, do you know what will come out of you? Thanksgiving. How could we not thank Jesus for all that he has done for us? And so I'll I'll close very simply with with a challenge today, and then we're going to watch a video that I forgot to show at the beginning. (laughs) Here's a challenge in November. Even when you're gathered together with friends and family that you might not get along with on the holiday. Even though I saw this meme today is uh, you know you sneak away to the bathroom to check your phone just to get away from family on Thanksgiving. You don't have to acknowledge that or admit that, okay? But I challenge you and I challenge myself this month to complain less and to give thanks more. And I pray for all of us, myself included, that as soon as I head towards complaining, something would happen that would remind me. Something would happen that would remind me that I need to stop complaining and start thanking more. 
And the more I thank him, the more I'll have to thank him for. See how that works? And I want out of my life to be a life of rejoicing, a life of prayer, and a life of thanksgiving that all can see how wonderful, how gracious, how loving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.